Listen up, get ready, I'm not gonna take no more There's a revolution, a revelation going on in my soul Buckle up, get ready, we're not gonna sit back Welcome back, live from the Heartland, coming to you from Chicago. Welcome sisters, brothers, family, friends, neighbors uh, from Chicago. I'm Katie Hogan, and I'm here for you with another edition of Live From. We're still in the era of the pandemic, so this is number 10, number 110, sorry for those keeping track in the time of pandemic, for the week of July 9th. Um, our home base is WLUW.org. You can stream there live or um, tune in to 88.7 FM. Uh, guests today include Steve Yellen and Russ Bradberg for Basketball in the Barrio, all the way from El Paso, they're coming. Uh, also, we have um, Terry Abramson and Derek Purcell. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, I'll get it before, before it's time to greet them. Um, and they're talking to us about music made uh, regarding gun violence and the need for us to find solutions. Um, speaking of which, uh, I'm sorry, I don't have good news this week. It's too bad of a week uh, on so many fronts, but especially starting out 4th of July, now Highland Park, from forevermore will be uh, added to the litany of places we associate with the awfulness. Um, and the awfulness is innocent people trying to lead their lives and enjoy each other's company and being cut down by a weapon held usually by someone who is disturbed or otherwise confused about their reason for being here. Uh, at this point in time, I make no judgments except for the fact that we have allowed these weapons to proliferate in our country in a way that no other country does. What the absolute, you know what. Um, the in memoriam would be about all of the victims of gun violence this week, not only those in Highland Park, but those young people, even babies in Chicago who get hit by random gunfire every day, every flipping day. I'm so sorry to start us out this way, but um, we have no choice. Uh, this keeps happening. Uh, let's cover some other things that are, are not near as fatal. Um, we do have uh, some scary stuff coming up in, uh, that the Supreme Court is gonna handle. Um, um, Emilio shared with me that Moore versus Harper is to be heard by SCOTUS in October. If it is overturned, state legislators will be able to, on their own, draft congressional districts, even if it defies the will of the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, basically uh, another body blow to the democracy, um, if not fatal, uh, close to. Um, another one of the reasons we need to pay attention to the voting for, of judges, uh, we will have someone on soon to talk about the two Supreme Court seats in Illinois that we have to choose this uh, coming November and they we better not choose Republicans because we see what we get. Um, on our sports page, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't keep up the way Michael does. When he's back, which is next week, um, he'll catch you up on everything Sox related, all the Bulls stuff, all of that stuff. All I know is a beautiful young woman uh, pled guilty in Moscow over this week um, and faces 10 years. Um, hopefully some kind of deal was made. She, she did uh, enter that plea after receiving a letter from President Biden. Um, she also said as she pled guilty to the charge of carrying uh, cannabis oil, basically CBD oil in, in her luggage that she never intended to um, commit a crime, she didn't know it was a crime to have that there. Um, so I'm hoping against hope that that beautiful person gets returned to her home and her family as soon as possible. Um, around the world, we had the specter of Boris Johnson stepping down, <laughs> saying, what did he say? He said something like, them's the breaks or something. I couldn't believe it. Uh, 
it's still a little bit um, unclear whether or not he'll serve out the prime minister term. He's He's got the Labor Party up in arms over his intention to stay through October rather than to simply step down. Um, he's been a bit of a problem for, for Britain uh, in his short term there. Uh, on to something completely different. <clears throat> Chicago, we have a lot of festivals this weekend. This is big time festival weekend. Um, Square Roots Festival is uh, in Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Square down in Wells Park and surrounding streets. It's a major craft beer uh, kind of event, but also great music on a couple of different stages and it benefits the Old Town School of Folk Music. Um, again, I would like to push or, or plug the event here in Rogers Park this Saturday and Sunday, and that is the Rogers Park Art and Music Fair at Columbia Avenue and Sheridan Road, sponsored by Flats and Sharp our own wonderful uh, independent music store. So those are two of the many. You will get uh, beleaguered if you go to the city website to see all the various um, events that are happening. I think Roscoe Village has their garden walk this weekend. A lot of people have garden walks. So, and get out and enjoy with your fellow Chicagoans, please, um, what, we, what we have to offer. Uh, here in the neighborhood, again, big discussion these days is uh, the potential men's shelter at Clark near the Jewel. Um, it's gotten uh, a conversation going that is not always pretty, that does expose folks um, for their prejudices uh, and, uh, and nimbyism, of course, always comes into play. Uh, if you want to know the real story about that potential shelter and what led up to it. Um, tune in this program next week when we have Alderwoman Maria Haddon, who has done a, an incredible amount of work uh, over a year now uh, handling the encampment that began in Tui Park a little over a year ago. Um, she's been really solid on this one. And, and she also has a uh, poll going um, that you can take, which would be probably helpful to her to uh, take this, it's a survey, not a poll, um, about what you think about the, the entire encampment and, and po possible solutions to it. Um, so check out Maria Haddon um, at the Alderman's uh, page and find the survey and take it. Um, Next week, we will talk with her about how that is going and if the rhetoric has um, come down a little bit um, because it was getting kind of nasty, to be honest. Um, you are listening to Live from the Heartland uh, on WLUW.org or WLUW 88.7 FM. We're gonna take a musical break and be back with our first guest and We'll tell you later what we played, okay? Thanks. No pretending, in 2020 it felt like the world started ending. The news of a new disease had the whole country in fear. Some states shut down and the store shelves went clear. I think that's about the time we all came to accept that the pandemic had finally made its way here. Stocks falling, cases rising, people dying, food lines and unemployment lines multiply. Face masking, hand washing, six feet away to keep the vulnerable from going six feet down. Before all this got told not to kneel to protest, then they crossed us like the letter X. Whole world saw them kneel on one of our necks. Why are they still shooting before their arrest? Need more than monetary relief from the IRS. Need more truth from both sides of the press. Need to move past skin or preference of sex. Feel like healing is what we need best. The pain and suffering surely will end. All the lives that have been broken will be on the mend. We've come through the wilderness into the clearing with the promise of
Global temperatures been rising, bringing all these talks about stopping climate change while ignoring the political climate that's soaring. Crazy how they try to stop the president from getting sworn in. That morning, we all saw them storming the Capitol with no warning. I'm still trying to understand how it's a steal if it's a landslide. Can you explain to me how something that doesn't belong to you gets stolen? Maybe I just don't know better and I can't see the conspiracies, prophecies, or bigger agenda. What I know is that divided we fall, so we all need to work our differences and come together. No, I'm not the only one feeling this way. Emotional and political tension, the air needs cleaning. Don't matter left side, right side, or blind side. It'll take more than COVID vaccines for all of us to get healing. The pain and suffering surely will end All the lives that have been broken will be on the mend We've come through the wilderness into the clearing With the promise of tomorrow Terrorism, immigration, pollution, we've got all kinds of issues that need solutions. How can you believe we're all made in God's image and refuse to acknowledge your own privilege? Everybody wants to feel like their life matters. Can't say if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Whole system needs work done to it. Either you're benefiting from it, ignoring it, or sadistic. We can't come up with all the answers, but we can take a stand. We ain't gotta see eye to eye, but we can listen to understand. Am I just dreaming? And have we already hit the ceiling? Maybe there's no healing that can stop all this bleeding. Where's the promise of tomorrow? And hope for the healing. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, you, I just nice got a notification that says you're recording this. We are. We are indeed. Um, welcome to Live from the Heartland, although it's, you know, not live and not from the Heartland, except uh, geographically, geographically it is. Close enough for government work, as they say. Yes, indeed. I like your shirt there. We're, for all of you out there, this is Derek Purcell. Derek is a music producer, writer. Are you also a performer, Derek? Yes, yes, I am. Been a lifelong uh, music performer. And what's your, is it your voice or what's your instrument? Uh, I play piano, I uh, play harmonica. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of really it. Um, I, I tried guitar a couple times and realized I was never going to be that good at it and have access to some of the best guitarists in the world here. So I just write songs and then I get, get my guitar playing friends to come in and, uh, and play on them. And you and Terry uh, did a lot of collaboration. Terry's trying to join us for everybody watching, um, listening. Terry Abramson will join us at some moment. Um, did you and Terry start collaborating when? About, about 10 years ago, um, Terry came to me. We, we met through the, uh, the wonderful world of Chicago uh, music production for commercials and things like that, industrials. And uh, he was the you know, independent uh, producer uh, who did a lot of stuff for, uh, well, in particular, Snap-on Tools. He wrote these, he wrote these snappy little ditties that uh, some of the music producers that I worked for at the time would turn into these uh, little anthemic kind of things. And I got called in to, to sing because I, I did a lot of stuff as a singer um, in the, what for best uh, best description sort of Americana you know sort of Springsteen, Bob Seger John Mellencamp type stuff you know Randy Carlisle yeah because yeah. I could deliver that throaty passion you know impassioned kind of thing so then he called me up one day uh sort of 
after the the whole commercial thing had kind of you know slipped out uh-huh. and said uh, hey uh i got some lyrics you want to work work on these with me so the very first song we wrote together with which is like i said almost 10 years ago uh is still one of our best songs uh, a little ditty called i will be your leather and uh, <laughs> i know it sounds sounds like it might be about something else possibly it, that, yeah, i'm not sure <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually kind of a spiritual number about i will be there for you you know i, I will protect you i mean it had a little motorcycle-ish sort of uh, sub theme to it but uh eric do you have a do you have a website that collects all your stuff that we can yes yes uh it is derek procell music.com d-e-r-r-i-c-k-p-r-o-c-e-l-l music i think everybody knows how to spell music i don't have to spell that derek procell music.com and in fact i don't know if you can see it right behind me i have a brand new cd here yeah, we can shame, shame, shamelessly promote. Uh, this is brand new. Uh, it's actually not even officially released yet. Uh, August 1st. This is on the Cat Food Records label. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite an interesting story behind that, which I, I may or may not get into. Um, but I'm very, very proud of that record. Um, nine tracks of original music, four of which I co-wrote with uh, Terry. And a couple that I co-wrote with the label owner and a couple that I wrote uh, on my own. And one very, very interesting cover tune of a kind of kind of a lesser known Kinks song. Uh, that's interesting to me. I, I was a big Kinks fan. Um, Do you remember the song? Do you remember a song called Who'll Be the Next in Line? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I do. I do my take on that song. And uh, I guarantee you, when you hear it, you're gonna raise your eyebrows and go, "Huh? What?" That's that's te- that's terrific. I, I like it that a lot. Um, give me one second here, and let me see uh, if. Hi guys, welcome, Hello. Terry. Hello, Katie. Hello, Derek. Derek and I were getting to know each other while we were uh, looking for you to join us, and uh, with all the mayhem that we have enjoyed together in the last little while let's take a breath and start again with you now terry we derek and i were talking about how you guys met and started collaborating some time back um i'm wondering uh how it was and we've got two songs that are uh, uh, book book ending this this interview um and i think because we started with derek we'll probably play healing first so that's what people have just heard and then at the end we're going to play and show the video of uh no guns in heaven there are no guns in heaven which was very touching um this is a heavy duty week so let's you know let's just go there right away um now we have the um ignoble uh distinction of having our own local place join that terrible litany of places where awfulness has happened. And I, I really can't think of a worse awfulness uh, except for those school shootings, my God. But on the flipping 4th of July at an outside thing with families and everyone feeling good, um, I really, I'm without words for this anymore. I, I really am not sure how, how to proceed. I feel, I even feel sorry for the flipping goofball with the gun because he's so clueless that he felt like it was an okay thing to climb on a roof and shoot at people. So I, maybe you can help me out here, Terry. Uh, you, when you did the gun thing, this was way before this happened, obviously, and it's, it has more to do with politics. So I really encourage everybody to watch it. It lists all the folks in Congress and in the Senate right now who take money from the NRA. Um, so I've given you uh, a lot of babble here. Uh, what, what made you write No Guns in Heaven? Let's start with that. The shield behind which these NRA-enriched Republicans are hiding is God and the Constitution, which is for a country they say God gave the world. 
And so I tried to speak to all these devout Christians in their own language and take it to heaven and make it about voting. And here's the NRA. Uh, there are 23 Republican millionaire senators in our video that we use as examples of who the NRA is buying off so they will vote for the continued protection in the marketplace of these assault weapons that are obliterating children, families, and communities. Uh, well, I don't think that this is what even their God wants. And so we talked about it in terms of, uh, you know, doesn't matter how much money you're getting from the NRA, you can't buy off God's vote when you show up at uh, that famous gated community in the sky. <laughs> Where did, when did you uh, write this song? Can you I wrote it probably maybe a year and a half ago, something like that. Was there? Do you remember, Derek? What? Was um, there... You know, I didn't look at the timestamp on the uh, original demo. I mean, it, it took me the. You wrote the lyrics maybe that long ago. It took uh, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, it took me a while to uh, to get the music right for it. You know, some sometimes Terry gets me lyric and I sit down at the piano and it literally comes out the next day. And this one I kind of knew was special, you know, and and, and actually Terry kind of uh, gave me a, uh, a clue or two uh, musically kind of, you know, what direction he wanted to hear it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I literally had to twiddle that one around in my, in my brain for quite a while before, you know, that, um, that right combination of powerhouse, you know, I mean, he actually referenced ACDC, uh, you know, initially, and, and I was kind of like, I don't know, I'm not sure if I know what to do with that, you know. You mean um, reference them in, in, in terms of the kind of music he was looking yeah, stylistically. I mean, uh -huh. well, we knew this wasn't going to be one of those kumbaya types. <laughs> so we, we were going to stay away from the acoustic guitar on this one. You know, it needed to be it needed to have a, a musical punch that would match the, the power and the anger and the, you know, the pointed uh, whatever of the lyrics, you know. And so um, I tried a couple different musical wrappings for it and, and it just none of them were working for me and then uh, I'm not even sure how it happened that I kind of hit on what I what we ended up with but as soon as as soon as it started coming out of me man the whole rest of the song just flowed I think we tweaked we tweaked one or two lyrical lines you know as we often will when when we're writing stuff together and and who's the perform who is performing the song uh, I'm singing it. Um, uh, my neighbor literally uh, lives two blocks from me, uh, a fellow named Dave Steffen, one of the Chicago's great guitar blues guitarists, overall guitarist, but you know, he's a great blues guitarist. Uh, came in one day, I just said, hey man, you know, walk, walk over <laughs> with your guitar. <laughs> and he, and he laid that awesome guitar work on there. And literally the, I mean, it, the rest of it is all uh, just studio, you know, like plug-in drums and bass and, and some piano and, and whatnot. So and, uh, my, wife, my wife is joining me on the, uh, on the background vocals on it. So um, let me ask, Terry, did you do all the research on getting those names and figures of the- um, Yes, uh, I believe they're from the Brady website. The Brady website, yeah, so each, for those of you who are only listening to this, you've got to go to YouTube to see the video that is attached to this, this particular show because um, it does list uh, and show all of our esteemed electeds and the exact amount of millions and hundreds of thousands that they got from the NRA. So it's, it's a really hard hitting, well done piece. Both of you, kudos. Um, Thank you. And hopefully through this little little interview which you will be able to send wherever you want you get a little more coverage of it and uh you know you wind up on colbert or something yeah hey i i just want to put what we've written about in perspective thank you go and ahead 
for for as long as I've been alive, which is uh, long enough, <laughs> the city of Chicago, my hometown, has seen a lot of parents lose multiple children to gun violence. Yeah. And I for, don't for a minute want to minimize the the tragedy, the waste of of each and every kid who dies in this city and in the Chicago area and in this country. It's just that because of the nature of the assault weapons, the amount of uh, havoc they're uh, uh, able to reach, and because this uh, assault weapon genre, much more so than a lot of the, the handguns and uh, stolen weapons that are used in murders in the marginalized neighborhoods of the city, the assault weapons are easier to identify as the cause of most of these mass killings and easier for Congress to get rid of them. So that's why we focused on these deaths. And Well, I'm glad you made that point because you're right. The, the amount of gun violence that we experience in the city every day um, often amounts to mass killings. Um, since they call mass killings, I think anything over three deaths. Um, and uh, it's been ignored most of our lifetimes. And it's only worse now that we have some of the stiffest gun laws in the country in this city, and yet guns get here. Um, I, it's uh, it's a you, real- Thank you, Pardon? Thank you, Mike Pence, for doing such a wonderful job in Indiana with allowing guns sure. to- Right, they just gotta go right across that border, which isn't that far away, or go to a gun show. Uh, I mean, right. you know, the 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 it it's so loosey goosey uh, in general, and you know, when when I see on social media or whatnot, you know, conversations about this, and, and I hear people saying, "Oh, it's this complex issue." Yada, yada. And I think to myself, it's really not that complex. Right. You know, there's yeah. uh, other other countries have figured out how to deal with this. It's not that complex. Stop the money flow to the people who vote against the, their constituents' best interest, and we can we can start moving in the right direction. And what Terry wrote with those lyrics is that's what it's about. Yeah. I I guess we're, we're about to run out of time. Uh, Terry, I wanna let you know that before you joined us, um, Derek showed us his CD, which is behind him and it's about to come out. Do you have anything you wanna plug before we, uh, and, and or let me ask for the both of you, um, how would you like for this message uh, to land? And what would be your fondest dream, I guess, um, for this, heavy duty message to get out and the effect it might have. I would like for uh, somebody with uh, an opportunity to give this song a, a, a national reach and a national platform so that the average person in the street who doesn't necessarily love Joe Biden or love Donald Trump or hate either of them can understand that by getting these Republican senators, all of them have been enriched by the money the NRA gives them so people can go out and buy these weapons and murder children and, mur and destroy families like happened in Highland Park uh, with Mr. Cremo, so it appears. Um, I want people to realize that all they have to do is vote these Republicans out. It's that simple. Show up at the ballot box, make sure your vote has every legal advantage of getting counted that it can. It doesn't guarantee anything, but vote the Republican weapon mongers, death mongers out. Yeah, right. Well, okay, guys, I think that's it for us today. Thanks, and sorry for all the runaround and that none of our audience needs to hear about, but uh, it was a pleasure to meet you, Derek. 
It's great Pleasure. to see you again, Pleasure Terry. You, Always oh. good. Um, and peace and blessings. Let the healing begin. Let the healing begin, yes. All right. Peace and blessings, you guys. Take it easy. Steve Yellen, all the way from El Paso. How the heck are you, dude? 
Katie, I am so well because I'm honored to be on the Heartland Radio with you. And uh, well, conspicuous by his absence is my hero, Michael Gaylord James, usually <laughs> our camp photographer here in the right. barrio at camp. We'll talk more about him later, but uh, we're doing so well because we're here on the first day. It's lunchtime. So you caught me at the perfect time. Excellent. Excellent. And I know uh, we might see our buddy Russ Bradberg sign, uh, join in before too long. Yes, he'll hop on. Absolutely. I'm going to take you to two or three places in the camp called stations. So in the next few minutes, uh, I'll actually carry my Zoom phone to different places. I want your listeners to see and hear what camp's all about. So while you we can ask questions, I can ask you questions while you're doing that, which I'm just going to start. Um, 30 years, you're celebrating 30 years of basketball in the barrio this year, right? Yes. What an accomplishment. Yes, what an accomplishment. I know. It's so been an what, amazing what, run. What was it that happened 30 years ago that inspired this one of a kind event that? Well, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what happened 31 years ago that inspired it. And 31 years ago, uh, Russ and I became friends here in El Paso. He a Chicago kid, me a New Yorker. Uh, but we had this basketball thing in common. And uh, he was a world famous dribbling and ball handling coach at the mm -hmm. time, still is. He, he's, had, uh, he's actually coached for three NBA teams, uh, world famous. Can really, he, you know, he's one of these guys that dribbled six hours a day, blindfolded it in the, you know, lights off in his cellar, okay? And did all the globetrotter tricks, he's amazing. So uh, we wanted to have a camp, uh, over three decades ago, I said, oh, I'm going to use Russ Bradbury. I'm going to get kids from all over and we're going to make money. And we did. Kids came in from all of, he's pretty famous as a UTEP assistant coach already. And, uh, but I used that platform and we got kids from New Mexico, Arizona, uh, tri-state area, Texas. They all came in El Paso just to be taught under the tutelage of Russ Bradbury. We made a lot of money. Okay. About the same time, he met a guy named Rocky Galarza, who was coaching kids in the Segundo Barrio here in El Paso second lowest per capita income zip code in the country, Katie, all right? And he found out his friend Rocky, his boxing coach, he used to go work out with boxing, you know, after class and after work, he, we'd go down and work out at Rocky's gym. And that's when we learned what he was doing in the community. He was taking kids off the street and turning them into world-class boxers for no money, no pay. And we made all this money the first year at camp. And God, I just think, you know, Russ said, hey, I don't want to, I don't feel good about this. Let's go change our format. So he threw all the money away and the summer camps, there's big bucks in. And so he decided, let's go into the barrio, create a camp where it doesn't cost the kids any money. It costs, this is $1, all right? But we get sponsors to pay for all the basketballs you see here, you know, on the floor of the basketball gym, you're, you're interviewing me at. This is the Mijo Center, uh, literally, Katie, um, a football field from the border of Mexico, all right? and. So Russ threw all that away, all the money we can make. And I was, you know, I came along, uh, you know, <laughs> had to pull and tug me along, but I said, okay, you're right, good idea. And so the year later- We should tell we people created, what you do. We should tell people what you do for a living on the basis of what you just said. Katie, right, I'm a little embarrassed to say, you know, money is like a very important thing in my life. I'm a money Wall Street guy, retired stockbroker, and I, I love business and uh, using great people with great talents like Russ to create a business, which we did. But it's such a good question because that really, when he met Rocky Galarza, who I will show you in a minute, the mural of Rocky, who's immortalized here in the barrio uh, for being such a good person and giving back to the kids. There's a world champion. He came, grew up a block from here, Juan Lascano, the Hispanic causing panic. Juan Lascano, who <laughs> 10 years ago is world champ and he grew up in Rocky's gym and. You know, I grew up boxing against him and, you know, he was a little kid. I was an older guy already. And of course he kicked my butt in the, in the sparring, but we had a good time at Rocky's gym. And yeah, that's where Russ really got the idea. And I just, I tagged along and we've been together doing this now for 30 years and it literally gets bigger and better and more popular every year. So as you get underway down there in El Paso, I know you have what you've just called stations that you break the larger group into to do what exactly? The, the camp is really, uh, it's about, you know, one third basketball, really one third arts, all right, one third music and dance. And the kids actually learn uh, a musical instrument. This year it's the melodica, which yeah. I'll take you to that station. So there's different stations performing different 
different activities, which have different goals. The goal of a basketball station is to teach a kid a skill, all right? Maybe it's to spin the ball on his finger, all right? Like this, and, or, or dribble two balls at one time, you know, give him some confidence. The word show off at basketball in the barrio, Katie, has a positive connotation, not a negative. We want to teach these kids to show off in front of their, fam- their friends, their family, because we think when a kid can show off something they've worked hard at, all right, and practiced a diligently a skill like basketball, two ball dribble between their legs, things that Russ grew up doing and getting quite good at, then they have confidence like, hey, I can take the ball, I got handle the rock. And they can get in front of the math board in the classroom and do the math problem with no problem. It's all about confidence. So we want the kids, we want to teach them to show up. Secondly, when they get to the music station, we want them to learn a musical instrument. This year, it's the melodica. I'll show you that in a couple of minutes. When they get to the dance station, they're going to learn the dance. Folklorico's come in. At little, you know, 10-year-old folklorico dancers, which really inspire the kids, the 10-year-old campers, because they think, hey, if that kid can do that, maybe I can do that. Um, we have an art station. We're going to create a mural and a giant canvas, all right, about half the size of a basketball court. It'll probably hang somewhere publicly in South El Paso. I just talked to the artist teacher, Sochi Rodriguez, and, and, and she's head of the art station. She's going to take 100 basketballs, give each kid a basketball, and dip it in paint. Is this going to be wild? The kids will throw the basketball in a bounce pass to the other side of the canvas to another teammate waiting. It will splatter and leave an imprint of a basketball on the canvas. We'll do that about a thousand times and it will look like some amazing piece of art that you know, uh, these, these, these cool modern artists, like they go for millions, these contemporary artists do these kind of things. They go for millions of dollars that you've seen in the art world. So who knows, maybe the basketball in the barrio art piece uh, will do the same uh, here well, in the future. So we'll, we'll take a look at it. That sounds like a lot of fun too. For the kids. Oh my, it's fantastic. they go nuts. I can't wait to watch this. I'm going to zoom in on it. If it starts here in the next you know, 15 minutes, maybe I can uh, give your viewers a look at the art station as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a, it's a great question because there's a lot of stations. Oh, upstairs in the classroom, each camper creates, illustrates, okay, draws, writes a poem or a short story and publishes their own book. They have a theme. I haven't been up there yet this morning, so I'm not sure what this year's theme is, but they're creating their book and they will give it to their dad after Sunday afternoon when camp is over. Usually we have Camp Katie on Father's Day weekend every year. And and thus we give the the book they publish to their daddy as a gift. So uh, we're a little bit late this year because of the pandemic and this place has been closed for three years. Last time we had camp live was June of 2019. Wow. So we're so happy to be back after three. We had virtual camp the last couple of years on Zoom like you and I are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Um, I mean, what an incredible story. And what is the name exactly of the of the place? The, the, what are you in right now? Who's Jim? Yep, it's called the Marcus E. Armijo Center. Marcus E. Armijo. The Armijo Community Center is a, one of 14 city, El Paso City community centers. It's got the gym, it's got a beautiful pool in back. It's got the weight room, it's got dancing room, it's got classrooms, it's a great cafeteria. It's a wonderful place. And it's been so sad for the kids in this community, the second lowest really per capita income in the country. They've not been able to go in that pool or in this basketball court for three, well, two and a half years really. And this is a grand reopening this weekend. So it's a big deal, this 30th anniversary. The city has given us um, carte blanche to open it and have a grand reopening, which was nice, which was nice. Well, they don't have the funding. We're a little bit short staffing, like many businesses are across the country, as you know, uh, after the pandemic. So it's called the Armijo Center. Marcus Armijo was a, uh, a famous, courageous World War II pilot uh, who gave his life, right? Uh, God from, bless El Paso? from El Paso, Texas. And yeah. after doing that, a, a hero. Uh, we named the community center after him back in 1948. Terrific, terrific. Um, where are where does the dribbler program happen, and what is it? <laughs> yeah, there's um, a couple of things going on. We have basketball in the barrio every year, right? And then out of those kids, the 100 to 200 kids, uh, we're packed. I was worried I wouldn't get any kids this year, but Russ and I have worked around the neighborhood. We've handed out pamphlets and leaflets and got the word that we're going to open. It's going to be open. Hey, the Armijo Center is going to be open. The grandparents and the uncles and the aunts and the moms and the dads, the kids walk by this every day for three years and it's been closed. So they're not thinking about basketball in the barrio, but 
We marketed it pretty well these last couple of weeks. It's reopened. Out of this camp on the third day, we choose 25 kids who ah. become like the mini Harlem Globetrotter team of El Paso. And they go around to the universities at halftime basketball season at Utah and New Mexico State and all the high schools and gatherings at different places, openings for a household furniture company that's, you know, they're doing something in the community. We'll send the, the household furniture mini dribblers to that event. So they perform. It's not hmm. a basketball team, Katie. It's just a, it's little halftime club. They'll be in the Thanksgiving Day Parade and they'll perform their tricks and, you know, do their, do their tricks with the basketball and the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, they're just so much fun to watch. We have music that's behind really cool. them. That's it's so that's cool. Our, that reminds us of um, what we have here in Chicago is uh, Jesse White Tumblers. Um, yes. Jesse White was the Secretary of State. He still is. He's about to leave office after some 30 plus years, but he started out on the west side of Chicago, this incredible athletic event uh, for the kids out there who are maybe, maybe one of the first most, um, you know, you're at the second lowest uh, per capita income. Our west side would rival that, but these kids have, who learned the skills of, uh, uh, tumbling, et cetera. And uh, it gave them more than what they needed to, to get on the road to success in the rest of their lives. And it's- I, I think I've, I've seen them, sure. I've seen them on YouTube, I believe. They're, yeah. yeah. They're very, I mean, they show up, the way you're talking about the dribblers showing up at parades and various events, that's, that's what they've done for all those years. So it's very cool. And I just wanted to say, um, here we're suffering from lack of lifeguards so we don't even have open pools in chicago right, right now right katie listen uh, let's move yeah, well, with sure same thing here same thing here all right we don't we don't have there's all the basketballs it's lunchtime so everybody's in eating lunch right now so i got a nice quiet period we can talk before the chaos erupts it's organized mm -hmm. chaos here but uh i have to tell you it's become so popular the little mini dribble program out of basketball in the barrio that now we have six schools that wanted the program for their own school. So oh, we wow. have six after school programs that household furniture pays for everything, sponsors everything. And they have their own 25 kids that perform in their communities, in their high school, their feeder schools, whatever part of town they're in. And El Paso is a pretty big city now. We're 18th largest city in the country, a million people. So we go, and we go to Juarez, which is 3 million people. So we kind of perform biculturally across the country's borders. And uh, yeah, it's been growing, it's been amazing. Here's the well El Paso guy. has also sorry. Well remember remember the guy Russ. Uh, I remember the guy that I told you was inspiring to Russ, who, yes. who coached the kids boxing, like All Juan Moscano, right. our world champion, Rocky Glars. And now who has since passed away, we put a there's a beautiful mural to honor him here in the Barrio gym. Mm -hmm. All right. And um, and it gives you a good idea of, of basketball in the barrio, the mariachis you see on the mural, and you know, different the activities, the basketball, the boxing. Uh, the Folklorico dancers here. So it's kind of like all, all in one mural is kind of this, this basketball in the barrio idea. Oh, well, here's, here's the uh, piece here's of the art. They did two, remember the, remember I told you about the art where the basketballs yeah. are splattered yeah, yeah. with paint? That was made 2016 and hung here on the wall. So they'll probably make another crazy, incredible art piece today. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to bring you into the stations, um, the music station. Okay. Where they're learning the melodica. I'm not sure, what's something else? Something's going on right now during uh, lunch. And I think it's, uh, oh, here it is, the start of the art project. Perfect. Here you go. Here you go. Here's the splattering of the. Yeah, show us. There it is. Can you see the, I'm going to get up close. Yeah, this is the, the art project that Sochi Rodriguez is starting. I'll get up close here. You see all the kids there. They are going to about to erupt. Look at this. They're about to go crazy. Um, a couple of the councils are giving me a marble bounces to the scraps. Okay. Oh my God. Your listeners are going to love this. So they'll, they'll do this, they'll do this uh, on and off for the rest of the afternoon with different colors. Here are the colors. Okay. Uh, I love and it. And it will come out as beautiful. It. It's sort of like the, co the color of El Paso itself, the diversification of the colors. And, and the I'm and sorry, the but I wind up wondering what happens with those painted basketballs. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think I think we just wash them off in water after it's done, and they're thrown okay. back in the basketball pile. Excellent. So it's been wonderful. Here's Frankie Consanzo, an artist himself from New York. He is a special guest counselor who comes in. He's teaching the art station upstairs. Frank, say hi to Katie. Hi, She's Frank. interviewing us on Heartland Radio out of Chicago. Awesome. Hi, Katie. Nice to meet you. Yeah. What's your first impression you, so Frank. far? This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. What a great camp, great experience for these kids and the counselors alike. I mean, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing that's going on here. So, so fun and so good to have them back after COVID. Everybody's yeah, having a blast. That's Thank you, Frank, terrific. for coming from yeah. New York. Absolutely. Frank's a good example, Katie, of the people. Um, look at this. Former minor, UTEP minor star, college player, Isaiah Reigns, getting the dribbling going. Pretty soon it'll be the kids doing the dribbling, but we're just kind of showing the kids what they are going to do. Hey, Steve, the Steve, let me yeah. ask you a question. And while I ask it, take a breath. <laughs> you got it, babe. Um, you're, you are... Uh, you're 30 years going thus far. Um, and I wanna, I, I just wanna include Michael James's role for a second, because we said we'd talk back about him because he was also a guest uh, counselor. Is that what the right thing to call him? A guest yes, he was counselor? A, the, yes, he was a guest counselor many years ago. And he thought, how can I give back to this uh, with my talents, my skills? And everybody finds their own thing right here at camp. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of like an organizer. I like, I like to sneak off to the, even though I was a college basketball player, Katie, I sneak off to the music station, help, help with the music station because I'm a wannabe musician. So uh, <laughs> Michael it. James, the first year, he's a professional photographer, a quite noted professional photographer. In fact, we had a show, a photography show for Mike James. Uh, he wasn't even present here this past December. I did it as a fundraiser. Right. Um, and one of his pictures, his photos, Sold for uh, $750, which I thought was a pretty good deal. The one, the Kennedy one with the president of Mexico. Yeah. And uh, back in 1962, he was down in Mexico. He got some incredible live shots. Right. He has quite an eye. He has quite an eye for a moment. And yeah. when, Katie, when he comes here every year, we go to Juarez, Mexico. We cross the border at 5 a.m. in the morning when the lights in the, the morning desert is special. It's a time of magic. Right yes. before right before daylight comes, but right after darkness leaves, there's a small era of time where uh, the camera work creates miracles. And that's what Mike James has me do. He, bring, he makes me go over there and we take pictures of, of Juarez and the, and the low income communities there and then in the wealthier communities as well and the juxtaposition of those against each so, other. And then so here- How, how many uh, guest counselors do you have at any given time? We just met Frank. Uh, who's doing the, the art, right? And you've got yep. someone leading the music. Um, how many folks do you put to work uh, or does it vary from year to year? Varies, but it's always around 30, all right? And usually there's, oh, I'm say about 15 local high school players from Bowie, the local high school here in the barrio, okay? They speak both Spanish and English, perfect for the kids. And then the other 15 come from out of town and they insist on coming. Once they're touched, Michael James insists on coming every year because what happens is they get, there's a magnet toward the border every June. They, they want to be they part. They get hooked because it's That's such right. a special thing. Frank's been here for like uh, three hours. Okay. He flew in late last night and he's already, you could sense it in his voice how beautiful this thing is. Yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing event, but that's a great question. I'm going to say half and half just because we, the people love to come in from out of town. Yeah. Um, now, if we're going to run out of time, should we hold off and, and let Russ join us? Or should we just say, we'll no, see you next think, time, Russ? Nope, nope. We're going to go with him right now. And you're going to grab him for the last couple of minutes because he's fantastic. He's really my hero. Because, Katie, if it weren't for Russ, I'd be having Russ Bradbird camp teaching dribbling skills and making millions of dollars uh, <laughs> for the last 30 years. But no, he had to give back to the barrio and the community. Sorry, guys. i got to borrow him for an interview. Come on. All right, so you're going to, Brad, uh, put the light on your right ear, right here. Okay. So you can have, Hello? just hang, say hi to Katie. I show the kids in the background. Hey, dude. Show yourself, too. <laughs> you know, hey, Russ. The kids in the background. Yes. How are you? This has been, this has been a great live interview with the, with the scene going on in the back. It's wonderful to see you. How are you feeling? 
Uh, we got a little. I do a little frazzle. Okay, are you good? Well, maybe a little bit fast. Let little little pull away. There you go. There you go. Yeah, pretty good. The start of camp is always a little stressful, but by nine fifteen, we were rolling and everything was. Everything we have, we always have some uh, bumps and flat tires at the beginning, but we've uh, we sorted it all out before too long. I I can relate. I had to start a new Zoom last night just for this. Um, I I just I'm gonna end with you because we're out of time almost. Um, and we've talked about 30 years worth that you've been doing. And who's gonna carry this forward? Who who do you have? And do you have some folks who are gonna? Uh, plan the future of the I do. I've, I've got. I, I, I do. I've got. Uh, what, there's a woman, Elaine Hernandez. She was a camper as a child. And then she became a junior counselor when she was a young teenager. And then she was one of our featured dancers when she got to college. And she, she runs her own uh, folklorico dancers. So she started bringing them. And now she's the artistic director. And so I've sort of targeted her because she grew up in the neighborhood. And, uh, and her family is connected to Bowie High School. So we've sort of targeted her as the person to take over uh, when Steve and I get hit by a truck or, uh, or, or, or die someday, that Elena Hernandez. And then one of Connie's, my wife's poets, LaCroix Ryans, who's a, a poet here in town that works with uh, prisoners. He goes into prisons and teaches poetry to the inmates. He, I, he, he played, uh, he was a great high school basketball player as well. So. That's what we sort of targeted to take over for us. That's terrific. You know, I, it's it's so wonderful to actually be there with you. Um, uh, although the background noise is getting is building for our side. Um, I, do you have any uh, any parting thoughts you'd like to share? I know you haven't been on long, but uh, our time might run out pretty soon. So well, no, just that it's 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 taken it was sort of taking a village to do this and. Segundo Barrio is a really special neighborhood, Katie, but uh, there's other people. I don't like to take too much credit because I'm only here three days a year and there's other people. There's the teachers and the nurses and the people at the health clinics and the neighborhood programs and the boys and girls clubs who have de dedicated their lives to helping kids from Segundo. And then I come in for three days, you know, for three days a year and, and do the basketball camp. But uh, it just, it, it, you know, it, it sort of takes a village to sort of keep a program like this going. And we've had a lot of help. Well, Steve gave you a lot of the credit, even though you're not gonna take it, which is typical for you. And you're right to note all the community players that, that uh, feed into it. But you, those three days clearly have a uh, big importance to the community. So congratulations. And thank you. And yeah, we, we never thought we'd get to 30 years uh, camping, 30 years old, but here, here we are. And, and, and today I had this big realization about how registration could go smoother. Like it's taken me 30 registration <laughs> times to, to finally figure out what the problem was and as, as you as usual katie the problem was me <laughs> hey you uh you enjoy what you've got going on there and uh give a big hug to your bride and daughter for me um and uh and tell steve thanks we're uh, okay. we're gonna go out with with uh mcginnis's song uh basketball in the barrio and uh and thank you again for great thanks a million okay thank you Bye bye. All right, kiddos. Bye bye. bye bye. Much love. Wow. Well, that was talk about live action, <laughs> live radio from El Paso. Um, thanks for your patience with, with all of that, you all, for listening and watching. But a really special event. And Steve came back on uh, after we stopped recording simply to say that he, um, his biggest hope and wish is for the kids to leave basketball on the barrio feeling they live in a cool neighborhood. They live in a happening neighborhood that serves them well. And I wish he was on to say that, but he did say it. And so I'm sharing it for him. Um, we're about to close, but I want to say next week, tune in. We'll have Alderman uh, uh, Maria Haddon talking to us about everything Rogers Park. And for over 25 years, we have brought you live from the heartland, now heartland at home, broadcasts every Saturday and Tuesday and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on Chicago's WLUW 88.7 FM. Streaming live on WLUW.org and archived on our channel at youtube.com slash heartlandmedia slash videos. Um, so 
and also now on Spotify and Google Podcast. Thanks to our Live from the Heartland team, Emilio Davis, Lynn Orman Weiss, Imani Warren, myself, and of course, um, Michael James, who will be back next week. And thank you to our WLUW home base and Can TV. We ask that you do good in the world because the world needs all the good that we do. All power to the people. She got game, we got game, they got game, he got game. It might feel good, it might sound a little something, but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing. Damn.